Hello and welcome to Leadership, the Future and Tea, a podcast hosted by Andy Davis featuring Ian Moffat, Deborah Hartung and Hitton Bat. A podcast for people who are passionate about making a difference at work. Welcome everybody to Leadership, the Future and Tea. Uh, which is uh, our ongoing podcast, which we really focus on leadership. And again, what we're saying to you very loud and clear is that leadership isn't only the remit of the CEO in your business. Uh, Leadership occurs uh, throughout the business at all levels with different people. And we've discussed in various different episodes about that being more about probably attitude than it is simply about uh, a role or position or your your level of pay. Okay, so um, we're going to talk today about leading the culture and i'm delighted to be joined again by uh hitten and by deborah hi guys how are you doing oh very good hey andy hey it's wonderful to speak to you now for those regular listeners you'll have noticed that we've not joined by ian moffat today i'm afraid that we couldn't prize him away from the corporate grasp um but unfortunately he's, he's not with us we're going to catch up with him uh, on on the next week's episode so We've just been talking about uh, culture a little bit between myself, Hitan, and Deborah before we uh, press record. And you know, I'm delighted that we can talk about this. And when we agreed to do this episode, I think it's fair to say, guys, that all three of us were really keen to do this one because actually culture really quite means a lot to all three of us. I think that's fair, isn't it? Yeah. I'm super excited, yeah. This is one of the ones I've been waiting to do. And just before we, we get into the, the guts of it, um, you know, I was reading recently from a Deloitte report from about a year or so ago, 18 months ago. And I'll just give you this one quote, okay, just to kick us off with before I open the floor up. And it said that 94% of execs believe that corporate culture is important to success. Now, that might be blindingly obvious for people, but let's just get this out of the way with that it's 94% of people and a big survey mm. that's saying that this is the right thing to do. Uh, I'd love to meet the 6%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if I could invite that 6% onto the podcast, I think we might have some interesting discussions. Mm, absolutely. Right. So then let, let's get started. Hiten, I'm going to open the floor to you and just uh, ask you the really straightforward question. Why does a great culture matter? Why does a great culture matter? Well, it matters because basically research study after research study has proven that there is a direct correlation between a healthy, productive culture and the bottom line. Okay. It's amazing that leaders who think, you know, this is some fluffy stuff, this is some stuff that doesn't matter, oh, you know, what's, you know, what's culture? Uh, that's not important. We just need our technical skills and we just need our sales force and we just need to get out there with the greatest product and we just need yep. to have a good strategy in place. That's all that matters. But it's been proven that actually, you know, um, you know, there's that very famous, and forgive me if I'm stealing a quote from you guys here, but oh, uh, here we go already. I'm going to kick off with a classic famous quote of Peter Drucker who said, Culture eats strategy for breakfast. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. And why is that? Because we like to think of ourselves as very rational people. We like to think of ourselves and we like to think of business and uh, doing business as, as very professional, very rational, very logical. But at the end of the day, we are not robots. We're human beings. And human emotions come into place and culture is about it's so basic it it it, it talks and speaks to our most basic human needs the way of organizing society 
yeah. give yeah. us meaning, to give us structure, to give us direction. So it's so important. And, you know, you think about the early tribes, you know, you know, human beings, they, 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 they formed into tribes and they had values. They had ideas about what is important to them. They had symbols. They, they, and you think about the family unit. Yeah. The family unit is a tribe. It, you know, it has its own culture. What's the culture of a family? So it's just a bunch of human beings getting together to really decide what is the, uh, the written and the unwritten rules of the way we're going to go about things. You know, one of the great, def you know, sort of definitions of culture that I really love is this um, uh, quote that says, it's basically the way we do things around here. Correct. We do things around no. here. Yeah, yeah I, that's what I think of. Yeah. When I was, when I was sort of researching for this um, uh, podcast, I, I, I looked up the old model, you know, Johnson and Scholes model. Yep. Uh, the, the 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 six the six sort of, he mentioned six sort of areas uh, in that model of stories rituals and routines symbols control systems organizational structure power structures all of these things that basically make up and make up the culture of the of the organization of the company but really when I was thinking about all those things it's really you can put it in simple terms it's the personality of the organization. Right, yeah. people have personalities. Yeah. Individuals have personalities, yeah. um, but it's it's actually just the, the the DNA of 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 that company, and why it's important is because absolutely, you know, culture eats strategy for for for, for breakfast. And I'll, I'll give you an amazing quote, right? Um, okay. Another amazing quote, and this is this is from Lou Gerstner, uh, CEO of IBM. Right. And when IBM was going through its difficulties, right, um, he, he, he actually said this. He said, I, I came to see in my time at IBM that culture isn't just one aspect of the game. It is the game. Yeah. In the end, an organization, yeah. in the end, an organization is nothing more than the collective capacity of its people to create value. You know, I, th I think that's great, Hiten. And when we uh, when we come on to our bonus edition later on, okay, I think we're going to talk a bit more about some of those things. I think that's a great one. That uh, yeah, it's, culture isn't part of it; it is it. And I th I think that's really powerful. Mm. So yeah. in short, in short, why does it matter? Because basically, it affects your business and your bottom line. In short. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Hey, going back to the Johnson & Scholes model, and there's, there's plenty of models out there. Uh, I, I always look at the, the seven S's or, you know, latterly the 14 S's by my uh, friend uh, Julie Hodges, and I look at things like the stories. So for me, stories and rituals, and I've talked about this before, when when I think about culture, immediately I think about the stories and the, and the rituals because the way that those go together, the way those occur in the business mm -hmm. and then get shaped and retold – yeah. actually then becomes the, the the spoken word about the culture and, and some of those some of those quotes are brilliant right some of those stories when you yes. go into a, uh, an organization they'll tell you about somebody that did this to go the extra mile for the customer and it took him a thousand mile journey and you know 20 hours and all the rest of it those are the ones that build the culture really quickly mm. and and knock it down really quickly yeah both can work both ways yeah too true too true love it Oh, great start! Great start! And again, this uh, this is a wide open um, uh, subject, and and again, we we could go on for hours on this one. But um, 
Deborah, are you going to help us out and tell us uh, how do we assess your own culture then? <laughs> Where do I start? So <laughs> I think I think very importantly, you know, and I often speak to leaders about this because I work in the culture and the change space is that it's very important to realize that you're dealing with three different cultures. Okay. And I, I see this all the time when we actually go and collect data. Um, usually the perception of the workplace culture at, you know, at, at the C-suite or in HR is completely different and completely disconnected from what the rest of the company has to say. So you need to understand that you have three cultures. There's the culture that you think you have as a leader, you yep. know, um, and, and that's the data that we see from the C-suite, the execs, HR, the culture you think you have, um, the values on the wall, the stuff that you think. Then there's the culture that you really have, and, and we mm. learn that from the people. And then there's your aspirational culture. It's the culture that you wish that you had. You know, and it's in that gap, obviously, between what you truly have and what you'd like to have. That's where people like me, that's where we earn a living and where, where we show the transformation. Yeah. So for me, when people ask, you know, how do they measure culture? I like an integrated approach and, and there's lots of different things to look at here. First and foremost, I always say to people, observe, literally walk the floor. For me, there's no bigger tell of a corporate culture than having a stroll around. And I'm not talking about the common areas and the fancy coffee shop that's downstairs in the lobby. I mean, going into the area where, you know, it's employees only, um, not where the meeting rooms and the common areas are. I like to go and see, are people having fun? Are they laughing? Are they chatting? Is there music playing? Yeah. You know, is there any kind of energy or is there the silence and this heavy atmosphere? That for me is always very, very telling whether there's something wrong or not. So number one, observe, go and walk the floor. Sure. Number two for me is to do a bit of a self-assessment. And that is you can use various different models, but look at things like, um, you know, to what extent you have a hierarchy, um, how agile is the business, how does decision making work, um, what's your approach to change, all of those different things. There's some amazing resources you can use there to do a mm -hmm. bit of a self-assessment. Yep. Then collect the data. And that is where we use tools like um, our employee feedback surveys and culture amp and, you know, tools on people first. And yeah. I love working with the guys at High Five, as you know. So yeah. there's all these different tools that we can use. Yeah. Um, and then I think the final one, and I, I've said this before, which is that whole, you know, learn from the churn, which is go and get that data from people who've left. Um, go and look at the exit interview data. If everyone is telling you that, they were leaving. And yes, sometimes they're paying lip service. You know, they're just doing the exit interview because they have to, which is also very telling about your culture. But if everyone is saying they left for career growth opportunities or for more money or they weren't getting along with their manager, whatever it is, there's gold in that data, you know, and it's telling you something about how things are in your company and why people are leaving you. So there's four places for me to actually go and measure your culture. I love it. There was, there was there was two lists there. There was three cultures and four items on the list. Just tell me the three yes. the three sub subcultures as well, please. Just go through those again. So for me, the cultures. If if I have to simplify them, yeah. it's really it's the culture you think you have. Yep. So it's your ivory tower leadership view of your culture. 
Yeah. It's the culture you truly have, which we get yeah. on the ground from your people. And it's your aspirational culture, Got the it. culture that you wish you had. So mm. think, have an aspiration. Got it. Wow. Okay. That's uh, hopefully, you know, people, what they need to take away from this is actually to go and sit down and think about these things. And that's what we hopefully are doing in this, isn't it, Hitan and Deborah? Making people go away and really challenge themselves as to what their culture is. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just hold up a mirror, you know, and, and just ask people, you know, just just think about it. And, and you know, and, and then the question, of course, and Andy, maybe, you know, you can, you can shed some light on that. I think especially given the work that you get to do is, you know, how do we improve culture? How do we get to a yeah. point where we have a great company culture because we've got all these tools and all the stake. Yeah. But how do we actually build a good culture? Yeah, no, thanks. For that. I, I, I do get involved in this uh, in, in many different ways. And, um, and I've, I've spent, again, like you guys, a, a career probably dealing with culture more than anything else. The, whatever the project is actually called is, is probably just a simply a project on changing culture. And, and that is the, <laughs> the primary thing, isn't it? And, and Hiten, again, we've spoke about this and I know that that's your focus. So, um, you know, one of the, one of the things, so it's really, really simple uh, about changing a culture or sorry, building a great culture mm. is is actually starting from the top so it's a role modeling and yeah, and again remembering what we said right at the top of the show and what we said throughout all the episodes is that people throughout the organization are leaders it's not just the ceo so wherever you're sat in the org actually you are one of the people that should be delivering a role model experience for the people around you and that in its very very simplest term is yeah. how you start to build a great culture. Yeah. And, and you know, where you look at some companies that have really struggled, actually you go back to the, the, the top and you start to look and you, and you realise there's a bit of a toxic atmosphere at the top and it pervades throughout the organisation and it's really that simple. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, leadership role modelling, that's the very, very first thing. Um, but the, the high-performance culture that you then drive out has a lot of different components to it. And one of the really simple things is about having that ability to have really positive challenge within your teams. And mm. uh, uh, my, my again, a very straightforward explanation of that is, is that within a team, you should all be able to say, hey, I don't think that's right. Mm. Or I'm not sure we're on the right track. Can somebody explain this again? And what people need to really put themselves away from is that criticism is is one thing but positive challenge is really important in a high performing team and if you can encourage that if you can make that the norm so that every every single person can put the hand up at any point and say hey i think we've got a problem then you will be on a on a on a straightforward track to some great culture issues there and yeah. i'm going to just just throw your third one uh, and I go back to what I've just said about the stories, okay? Because the stories are the things that people um, they, they join the organisation because of the stories, because of what they've read or what they've heard. People will then create those stories for themselves in what they do. And it's it, the challenge is when people leave a company, and you know, at the old leaving do, people will say to them, you know, tell us about what you've achieved while you've been here, or they'll read off a list of things, or they'll read out the stories about that person. Again, that is their legacy within that company that then creates that culture. 
So if people can be really conscious of that right from the outset, that what they're leaving behind, what they're creating during their time there, and at their next company, when they reflect back on their old one, it's still about stories. And that is a, is a huge component of, again, a, a really great culture. Yeah, love it. Love it. What do you reckon? Do you think I'm right or wrong? I'm waiting for somebody to positively challenge me now. <laughs> I think, I mean, you're, you're 100% right. But I think the one thing that we need to bear in mind here is, is these blind spots that we all have, you know, and... Um, especially if you look at different industries, you know, and again, I, I have this, this amazing ability that I've, I've worked across different industries. And what I find extremely interesting is that, um, you know, I always say, if you want to build a great culture, go and I always start with the values, because for me, that's kind of like the roadmap. Yeah. And it's always frightening to see how few people can actually list the values. You know, if you take them <laughs> off the walls, if yeah. you take all the posters down, how many people can really list the values and can define those values and can then give you, like you say, Andy's stories can give you examples of how those values are being lived in the organization. It's exactly. usually a lot less than you think, number yeah. one. And then yeah. number two is that shared understanding of what the values mean. You know, you're talking and, and you're a people first leader. Yep. And that's one of the reasons why, um, and it's not just the company that you work for, it's who you are as a person. You're yep. a people first leader, so is he team, so am I. Correct. And that's one of the reasons why we work together. But our biggest challenge is when we come across leaders who are not people first, who are yeah. process first or profit yeah. first, you know. Mm, um, yeah. And for them, they, their focus is completely different. Quite well, frankly, they don't really give a damn. When you say, what have you achieved at the company? They bring out spreadsheets and and budgets, yep. you know, well, and yeah, then like, on, boom, and then yeah, it's it's a different way of looking at things. No, sure. I, I was gonna I was gonna say that, Deborah. I'm I'm really glad that you mentioned the the, the point about values, right? Um, because what I what I've got here, I just want to um, refer to something very famous and um, you know uh, very interesting is that you know you know Enron when the yeah. Enron oh yeah yeah. Everyone has a 64-page booklet entitled the Enron, the Enron Code of Ethics, right? And I'm just going to read you a couple of their, their values, okay? Uh, we're talking about values, right? So here's the Enron Code of Ethics. Uh, respect. We treat others as we would like to be treated ourselves. Ruthlessness, callousness, and arrogance don't belong here. I mean, it's laughable, isn't it, now, when, wow. we, when we actually yeah. know. Yeah, and here's the other one. Here's another one. Integrity. We work with our customers and prospects and operate honestly and sincerely. We, when we say we will do something, we will do it. So my point here is, yes, it's all well and good having values and having a mission statement. And, all of, and, and you know, most companies these days have our guiding you know, principles and our philosophy and our values. But coming back to your point, Andy, it is actually leadership. It is leadership that makes the difference. And when I mean leadership, communicating those values, not through words, but through actions. Correct. You know that, that quote that the, um, the, the organization or the company is the shadow of the leader. 
the shadow of the leader. So it's not about what you say. It's about what you do. Your actions always, always mm. be well. And Enron is an example of where obviously they had, you know, a very nice sounding code of ethics and values, but it was not actually in the lives, in the personal lives of the leaders. Yeah. So everything, I, I believe this, that it really comes down to leadership. Leadership is so key. And, and, and something that I always do in my, in my workshops, one of the exercises that I have, which is uh, fundamental to, to, to my kind of training approach, is um, there's an exercise where I start, where I make the group say me, and they point at themselves and say me. And then they, then they point to the team and they say the team. And yeah. then they move on from me, the team, to the business. And then from the business, they say the world. So it's me, the team, the business, the world. And, 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 and why is it in that order? It's in that order because the individual, the individual's energy, the individual's personality, the individual's values affect the team. Energy is contagious. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Emotions are contagious yeah. for good or for bad. That will affect the team. Yeah. That team will then go on depending on how functional or dysfunctional that team is, that team will then go on to affect the business for positive, for positive good or, 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 or the other way. And, and then that team and that business goes on to conquer the world if it's in the right direction. But it starts with the individual. And this is why recruiting and hiring the right people is so important. Um, so, so let me let me just go back to values, right? Because you both p spoke really passionately there about values, and uh, I've I've been involved in I don't know the writing and creating, distributing of values, probably like you are for, for years as well. So I, I I get I get why we do it and everything else. Um, so on the basis that if I go out and survey a load of people, I'd say that probably ninety five percent of any organisation won't know the values. What does that mean? Does that mean the individual's getting it wrong? The business is getting it wrong? Is it the leaders themselves? I think it's a systemic problem. I think everyone's getting it wrong, you know. Um, and again, like like Hitain said, if, if you're not seeing the values being lived, and that's why I'm such a big fan of stress testing the values. Mm -hmm. And um, my friend Colin J. Brown here in South Africa, he wrote this amazing book called How to Build a Happy Sandpit. Um, yeah. And I'm sure you'll you'll drop the link um, if yeah, it's available on will. Amazon. Yeah. And it's full of, you know, stories in, in, in South Africa of companies that have done really great. And, you know, we've got very unique challenges here politically and economically. And of course. And, and Colin has got, so he's a little bit obsessed with the Titanic, um, mm. perhaps a little bit unhealthily so. <laughs> um, and he's developed this game called Iceberg, which takes a story that we all know and it basically then uses your company values yeah um and and you've you've then now got to you know at some stage you're now going to decide who's who's getting onto lifeboats you know and 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 now the titanic has gone down and all these people have died and, and now there's an inquest and you know you say for instance hitting you're using enron and you're saying you've got integrity as one of your values or you've got mm -hmm. honesty as a value you know mm -hmm. now that you've caused death and devastation mm -hmm. and there's an inquest um, what does it mean to live your value of integrity or honesty? Mm -hmm. What do you go and tell people in that inquest? You know, you yeah. say you have a value of collaboration. 
what does that mean when this massive ship is sinking and there aren't enough lifeboats? You know, what does it mean, the fact that there aren't enough lifeboats in the first place? What does it mean for your values? And it's such a powerful exercise to get people to really have a shared understanding of their core company values Mm -hmm. and to see how we apply those to solving problems. Because we spoke about how your culture is the personality of the organization. It's how we make decisions, how we treat each other, and mm-hmm. how we treat our customers. Yeah. Um, so, so if people don't know what our values are, Andy, or if they're not living yeah. our values, you yes. know, it's, it's so difficult to pinpoint where the problem is because the problem is systemic. It means okay. leaders aren't living the values. It means people aren't feeling comfortable enough to say, you know, Andy, I don't feel like you're really living our value of collaboration right now or whatever it is it's a systemic problem and then you know there's that saying that your culture becomes the worst behavior that you are willing to tolerate tolerate. yeah exactly yes (laughs) and and that's where that comes in because the minute you let you let something terrible that i do you let it slide you know we, we spoke previously we've spoken about enron we've spoken about vw you know you look at uber the minute you let the one bad thing slide, yeah. that that's the beginning of the slippery slope. And then the next thing, you're the next Amon. Yeah. And so, that, that's the story people tell about you. So, Hiten, mm. cult, cultural champions within a business. Do you think it's a thing or do you think it's uh, just a title that doesn't really get used properly? Cultural champions Yeah. are people that walk their talk yeah uh, again coming down to this thing of modeling behavior leadership and you know really believing in be, believing in what they're doing and believing in what they're saying values sound very much like very wishy-washy soft kind of well 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 what is that but as De- as deborah's mentioned it's actually they're the guiding principle they're the north star that actually guides your decision making your day-to-day uh operations you mm-hmm. know and, and so they've got to translate into tangibles you know they've got to come down to those tangibles so yeah i i, I do believe that um what, what did you mean Cult- cultural cultural champions cultural champions yeah I, I i do believe they can exist but they have to actually the, the, their thoughts words actions and behaviors all have to be aligned they've got mm. to absolutely you know walk their talk and 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 i'm 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 very much a person that believes in this idea of it's leadership is about a personal development it begins with the leader themselves sure that's that's the starting point and 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 that shadow of the leader idea that um what that for good or for bad so what leaders need to really do is to work on themselves first uh you know love it okay okay um so let's uh, let's just have a little wrap up there because um, we we've we could I know we could go on talking about this for hours. Uh, we we know that just before we started recording, we probably spent twenty minutes talking about culture that we could even just bring into this discussion right now, and uh, and, and include. And what I'd ask is that if anybody's out there uh, listened to this that's had some thoughts over it, then please reach out to myself, Hiten, and Deborah. We'd love to continue the conversation with uh, with anybody especially going back to my starting point the six percent of any execs that thinks that culture 
isn't important to your success. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to hear the opposite view of this. Um, we're, we're pretty hard over on the fact that it does really drive your success. So this is uh, probably uh, one of my real favourite parts of the of the show because I love actually asking Deborah and Hiten about the resources that they want to leave you with. And as we've said many times over, we're going to offer these resources to you, whether they be books, articles, websites, links, whatever they are. Please go and check them out. There's some really good stuff out there. And again, I'd love to learn from these guys, and it costs me a fortune in books every week and stuff, but it, it's great. So, Deborah, what is it that you're going to leave us with today, please? I have no resources, no, I'm lying. Um, so I've, I've got three. I've already mentioned one, and that is my friend Colin J. Brown, How to Build a Happy Sandpit. Wonderful. Um, he went and interviewed a ton of different CEOs here in South Africa with really great cultures and, and learned their stories from them. Then another friend in the U.S., Chris Dyer, he's got a book called The Power of Company yep. Culture. Yep. And then um, a fantastic resource is um, some research that the folks at Spencer Stewart did, and it was it was published as this whole special for the Harvard Business Review. Um, and we, we'll drop the link to that as well. It's this whole thing about the leader's guide to corporate culture. And they talk about different kinds of culture and different models and things to assess. It's very cool. That's brilliant. Thank you. Is that Chris Dye's second book? Because I'm sure I've already read one of his. I think actually it, it might be one of his earlier books, actually. Oh, I know right, that okay. he's got another one coming out this year. Cool. Um, but no, this is this is definitely one of his one of his previous works. Okay, great. Well, I'll, I'll look forward to uh, getting the link. Thanks very much for that, Deborah. Um, Hiten, what are you going to leave us with today? Okay, well, Andy, I'm, 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 I'm approaching this subject from a slightly different, different way, uh, perhaps not talking or recommending any books on uh, culture directly, but coming back to that point that I said about, I believe that really leaders shape culture and, that, and, and leaders need to be the best of themselves. Um, and one of the great books that's really inspired me uh, is a book called Can't Hurt Me. And it's okay. a a book written by an ex-Navy SEAL. He's an ultra-marathon runner. He's yep. a guy by the name of David Goggins. He's got a lot of videos on YouTube. You can yeah, he has. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. And this book absolutely is so amazing because he he speaks about leadership. And, and you know, he's obviously involved in, you know, leading, leading people on, leading soldiers on the battlefield and all sorts of situations. And... One of the things that was very powerful in that book is the message about leaders looking within themselves, honestly looking at their own weaknesses. And he says to go to war with your weaknesses, go to war with your weaknesses. And I absolutely love that. So that's one book that I 100 percent that very much resonated with me um, and I would recommend to our listeners. Thank you. And a second book, Unashamedly. I would like to uh, recommend to our listeners is my book, which, which is, is a great book hitter. <laughs> Thank you very much. And it's called the leadership adventure, five powerful secrets. Every leader should know. And very similar to uh, David Goggins and his, uh, and his, his, his concept of going to war with yourself. I talk about self mastery and the importance of working on yourselves to be your best selves, to be your best self at work and in your personal life, to then bring that energy to, you know, your professional and your personal life. So, so the leadership adventure also, and, and there's lots of other things um, that I go into in that book. So, so, so they are, they're, they're my two books for, for today. 
I love it. And uh, just for anybody that's not read Hitten's book, then please do go out and have a look at that one. Do buy it off Amazon and consume it. I think it's fantastic. I, I read that. Me and Hitten met up and he handed me a copy of it. And probably within about 24 hours, I'd read it. It was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, recommend that one for you. Um, so I'm going to uh, mention two books uh, that I've read. I might actually post a, a link to an article after we've talked um, a little bit more about good and bad cultures. But uh, one of the books is one that I've already referenced, I'm afraid. So I'm going to reference it again, which is Organisational Development by uh, Julie Hodges. And it's a fantastic book. And one of the things that I've, again, talked of is about stories and about artefacts and symbols and that kind of thing that, for me, all really drive culture within an organisation. And she's just got a great explanation of it in there where she looks at the uh, the 14S framework, which clearly is an expansion of the McKinsey S, uh, 7S framework. Please go and have a read of it. it. It's a great book. And if you've not actually seen any of Julie's books, she's got a load of them out. I think I'm I think I'm a big fan. I think I've got all of them so far, Julie. So um, keep keep doing them. Um, and the next one, and, and just continuing uh, Hiten with the theme of old is gold. Okay, mm. um, I'm going to go with a book called Understanding Organisations by Charles Handy, uh, <laughs> which again is another wow. one of the sort of classics. If you've got any idea about business or you've studied it at all, then you've probably read this at some point or extracts of it. Um, there's tons of stuff in there that's still really relevant to this day. And the guy wrote it, uh, you know, 40 odd years ago. Um, mm. I, I, I first read this uh, in about 93, 94. And to, to me, there's just some things that i read from it even now i, I read a chapter yeah. again and it's just it's just enlightening still there you go so that's that's the resources we will post all of the links in the uh, show notes so please go and have a look at those if you've not got any of the books then please go and have a look at them or read the articles online uh, hopefully you'll get something out of those let's call it a day there for leading the culture and and accept that we might even do a, a part two of this at some point in the future because I, I think we've only scratched the surface. Is that okay, Deborah and Hiten? That sounds oh, fantastic. yes, please. Yeah, great to yeah. meet Thank, Thanks very much for listening to the podcast today. Please keep looking out for next week's podcast, which is going to be about leading wellness. And again, it's a, it's a subject that we're all involved in. We're all quite passionate about. So equally, that's a, a real focus for us on there. And um, again, if you've uh, got another few minutes spare, we'd invite you to go and listen to the bonus part of the podcast which is a separate one and that is going to be about uh, good culture versus bad culture so thanks very much for listening we'll catch up with you next week thanks everybody bye bye that's all folks please subscribe through google podcast to keep up to date with our future episodes bye for now <laughs>